Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Friday Reporter Podcast. It's a podcast where me, Lisa, the host, interviews journalists and the journalism adjacent about their work. The Friday Reporter Podcast is in partnership with PR Daily. And if you don't know about PR Daily, it is a tremendous uh, resource for communicators like myself and you and and the folks you work with. Uh, PR Daily actually just launched what's called the PR Daily Leadership Network. It's a peer-to-peer brainstorming and networking opportunity for mid-level communicators, uh, access to uh, measurement of SEO, uh, business fluency, presentation training, lots of other opportunities there at prdaily.com. If you're interested in the PR Daily Leadership Network, be sure to mention that you heard about it on the Friday Reporter Podcast to receive $500 off of your membership. Okay, well, welcome back for another episode of the Friday Reporter Podcast. I am uh, super lucky to have caught today's guest because not only is Chelsea Janes traveling the country and following all of what's happening in Major League Baseball, the World Series just ended and she covered all of it. Chelsea, national baseball writer for the Washington Post. I'm thrilled to pieces. Thank you. Thank you for being with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, so... There's so many questions I have because I'm so intrigued by this this line of work that you're in because I I mean from the outside looking in it looks really fun. I know it's a ton of work. <laughs> but tell me a little bit about how you got into this line of work. Yeah, I mean in the initial phase uh very accidentally I um I played, you know, as a big baseball fan growing up, I played softball in college um and actually Someone across the hall from me, I think one year in college, was working for the, the school paper and was trying to write an article and and couldn't find the person. Um, and I happened to know them and and they, you know, they I just kind of made the connection for them and they were like, hey, actually, I actually don't have time to do this. Do you want to do it? And I was like, sure. So I kind of just like wrote the article and I was like, oh, that's that's fun. Um, and just kind of kept going with it there. Um, and then was lucky enough to get an internship in in sports writing i think as a junior and uh like really lucky happened to kind of know someone who knew someone and i think that was the only reason my my name stuck out and and then you know from there i was able to get another and just kind of kept rolling and uh i have not tried to stop that role since oh i love it but that's isn't that just the way like sometimes just the willingness and just giving it, giving it a go. Um, but also like the fact that you had that, you already had that background, you understood the sport to some degree, softball, baseball, pretty similar cousins. Um, Mm -hmm. and then being able to write about it. And that's so cool. So, so internships, and then you land at the Washington post to cover the Washington nationals. Is that right? That was the, that was the first assignment for you at the post. So my first, first was I actually did like a year and a half of high school sports. Um, okay. And then I moved on to the Nationals. I had been, you know, politely clear that if there was ever a chance for me to cover baseball, I would love to do it. Absolutely. Uh, when they asked me, I was like, you know, trying to be cool about it. But I was like, yeah, that, that sounds good. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I got to, got to move to covering the Nationals. What a time to cover them, too. Were you there when they, when they won the series? So I actually wasn't. I... Uh, I took like a, a brief and sort of disjointed hiatus to go cover the 2020 presidential campaign. Okay, girl. We, in, so in pause. 1920. Pa- pause there. We'll co- it's, oh, I got to know how in the, that must have, 
I mean, I, I have whiplash just thinking about that adjustment for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was wild. It was an honor, obviously, to be somewhere I'd like to post and have them say, do you want to go to Iowa in 2019? I don't think I even fully understood what they were talking about. Right. Um, yeah, it was it was great. There's more similarities there than than you might think in terms of just crazy travel and um, being around the same people every day. And so, yeah, it was uh, it was a really kind of crazy jaunt. But then then I came back uh, after 2020, after the election and wanted to keep doing baseball instead of politics and was right. lucky enough that they had me back to do sort of all of baseball instead of just the Nets. And that so that opened it all the way up. So you were really when you were traveling, you were covering. I have to ask, I mean. Are there a lot of women in that space? Uh, there are not. There's an incre- I would say the numbers have increased even since I started sure. the Nationals in 2015. Um, I think there are probably you know six or seven of us that do sort of the national baseball beat now, which is which is a big number. Um, yeah. So we uh, we actually kind of were talking about it at the World Series, and you know it's it's just enough where you can be like, huh, this is you know we're starting to see that that number grow and the adjustment. Um, yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's growing. It's it's not huge though, for sure. Yeah. So so now, um, in this big big space that you're in, obviously it gets, while it gets more narrow when you get to October, it's still it's a it's a. I mean, you are back and forth between the various playoff games and then finally the big game, right? How many other people are on the baseball beat with you at the post? So for for the post, we just have me doing sort of national baseball, and then we have two people who cover the nationals full time. Uh-huh. Uh, so they have to be at every game, everything like that. I really only have to go to every game during the postseason. Right. During the season, I can kind of bounce around and find people uh, that I would like to talk to or whatever the case may be. So, you know, they're really kind of grinding during the regular season. And then for me, when the, the playoffs come, that's when I really am sort of uh, – on call 24-7. Oh, I see. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense then. Um, and that's super interesting. So tell me a little bit about, um, before we, because I want to know what it's like to cover the World Series. I've only been to one World Series game in my life. Um, but how is it that you decide, I mean, pitches must must be coming to you quite often. Um, so talk to me a little bit about your beat and the kinds of, during the regular season, the kinds of stories that you're looking for. Yeah, I mean, it's been interesting because since I, you know, joined the beat, there's just been a lot of news, I guess I would say, in, in Major League Baseball. Absolutely. There was you know, they, them adjusting to the pandemic. Um, you know, they had some labor unrest and a, a lockout this year, and um, that kind of dominated all of last winter. So, you know, by and large, some of the stories are just sort of out of my hands, you know, players getting in trouble and things like that, you know, sure. kind of the usual news. But I think other than that, um, for me, I'm usually trying to kind of, um, I don't know, set markers down on what's interesting about various teams and hit as many as I can. And especially the teams we think will be relevant, you know, later in the season that, that people, you know, should know about. So we're trying to find kind of the most interesting thing there. Um, you know, whether it's somebody doing something differently, that's usually uh, something that's uh, noticeable in baseball where there's a lot of people and they do things the same way. Um, whether someone's doing something surprising, you know, you just kind of look for, for those things and, and, uh, hope, hope you're one of the first people to notice them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so much of it comes through Washington because there's just so much talk about, um, 
not just as much as the post is sort of a, the local paper, it really does touch on a lot of what happens across the nation. I mean, it's still very much the paper that members of Congress read in the morning when they get up, right? I mean, they want to be paying attention to not only what's happening inside the Beltway, but what's happening outside, you know, in the in the broader you know, states and, and all around the country. Um, baseball has really it has really changed over the time that you've started too. I mean, there's been so much of an adjustment in terms of ownership, in terms of, uh, I mean, money, there's just so much that's going on in that space that is just, um, just remarkable to me. Is there a story that you can think of Chelsea that stands out to you that, that you most, um, liked covering or like are most proud of that you covered over during this time? You know, that's a good question. I think we've done some stories, I guess, on sort of, honestly, just what you were talking about in terms of sort of the the growing prevalence of, of women. Uh, I yeah. think that is a very complicated question in a sport where, you know, sort of biologically, it's very difficult for women to compete in the actual playing of the sport. And we've obviously never seen a woman make it, but people are getting closer. And, and so then, you know, are you, you know, there's all these questions about who's qualified to run these teams if you haven't played, but you know, men who don't play get to run them. And, and, you know, there's just sort of all this little intertwined stuff um, that has to, you know, that gets in the way of women sort of making their way up the ranks, but it's starting to happen. We've, we've seen, you know, women on major league coaching staffs in uniform and um, playing in the minor leagues and running teams. And for me, just kind of watching that and, and also pointing out that just because they're there, doesn't mean that, you know, it's a, it's a level playing field, uh, I think has been really interesting. There's been a few of, of those other profiles are sort of looking at the state of that around the sport that I think has been really interesting because it's, you know, you, it's, it's just never sort of easy to kind of open those doors. And um, same is true with, with black players right now, black coaches, it, you know, it's, it's just a very white male dominated space, like so many and watching it kind of go through the growing pains that so many other others have have is yeah. is fascinating absolutely wow i mean i and i don't even i don't even know enough about the women that are in that space are there is there one or two that you can point out that maybe we can be keeping an eye on as they raise their eyes up in the ranks yeah i think um you know there's kim ing is she's someone who worked in the the commissioner's office for a long time she now um runs the miami marlins and She's had sort of an interesting experience there. They haven't been particularly good. She's had a lot of veteran, sort of more proven men around her, and some of them have now left, and it sort of feels like, okay, now she really gets to kind of, you know, run the show. So I'm interested to see what happens with her. And, you know, closer to, to D.C., where I'm from, the, the Baltimore Orioles, who are on the rise, have a, uh, a young woman who's kind of their second-in-command at this point. Her name's Eve Rosenbaum, and... Um, you know, she is, she's actually someone I played against in college softball, uh, who is really, really smart and, you know, just like really up there for a team that's, that's kind of on the cutting edge. So there's a lot of names that are kind of, they're not going to be household names, but, but they are kind of showing, okay, like you can, you can be in these rooms and sort of make an impact. And, um, you know, I think it's, you know, these teams are not imploding because they're there. And I think no. every time that happens, it, uh, it, it helps. <laughs> no. And, I, and look, I love that. I mean, like the more, and the reason why I asked if, if you were alone in that space or how many other women there were covering that space is really of interest to me because there are, 
it is really, it's a dude sport. I mean, there's no question about it. Mm-hmm. And there, to me, always seems like, you know, ha- the, the treatment, how do you get access to information? Are they as fair with you as they maybe are with some of the other journalists? As the mom of a softball player, also my kiddo, it plays mm-hmm. softball, and I and I just love it. Like the 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 energy, the excitement, the activity mm-hmm. that goes on with that is so cool. That as the more I can make those girls aware of some of the other sort of opportunities and other sort of women that are leading in this space, I just I dig that so much. So thank you. I will um, I will keep an eye on both of them because I I just love that. I love that yeah. um, the space is changing. Right. In in this is one that yeah. we might have never seen change in our lifetime. Right. Um, sure. So that's so cool, and I love that you're there. But I have to ask. So you went to the World Series, mm-hmm. and you I mean. It was actually a really super exciting series. It's not always the case, but this one was, I thought, exciting. I mean, lots of hits, lots of action, lots of things going on. Tell me a little bit about that experience for you. It's great. I mean, you know, it's this was my, I guess, third. I was I was physically there when the Nationals won the World Series in 2019. I just was not covering them that year. Um, <laughs> and then I was there last year, and then I was here this year. Uh, it's As someone who kind of grew up watching uh baseball so closely it's it's really special i mean it it's some of the sort of if you like baseball it's some of the most gut-wrenching and uh nerve-wracking sort of i don't know entertainment you can find at those points because every decision is is so slow and so deliberate and um the, the press anything can change everything um so yeah it's it's a blast it's loud i i have to wear my headphones all the time i can't I can't like uh, think if I if I don't. It's it's just kind of constant noise, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year, Philadelphia was a was a dream. I you know the enthusiasm that was there was just so like real, and uh, it's really fun to see cities just get excited. You know, it's like yeah. there are so few things that sort of. I mean, it, it doesn't really unite everyone, but the, it unites enough people where you're like, oh yeah, we we don't have to kind of have all this angst all the time. Uh, and it's you always can feel really the, fun. It's fun to see it. Yeah. You can feel it in the air. I mean, it's really electric yeah. and, and there's nothing like a Philadelphia sports fan yeah. without question. They, yeah. they win, the, they win <laughs> yeah. the prize for whatever that prize is. No they doubt. win it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love well those guys. They're so, it's a fun city to be in. Um, and it's so cool. So when you're covering the game, are you, where are you, are you physically in the press box? Are you moving around the stadium? Tell me a little bit about sort of how your day goes when you're covering a game. Yeah. So, you know, in the press box during the game, um, it is, there's actually multiple press boxes because there's so many people there. So, yeah. you know, if you're not the primary writer for outlet, you're out in the outfield somewhere, you know, and, and it's, it's really interesting, but yeah, we, you know, we get there and, spend a lot of time down on the field before the game. Um, that's something you do during the regular season, but during the World Series, um, you're not allowed to go into the locker rooms and talk to the players before the game. So you uh-huh. kind of have to loiter on the field if you have a question and, and find them there. Um, and so that's, yeah, you just kind of stay down there and then it's for a couple hours and, and wait people out. And then when the game starts, you go upstairs. And then as soon as it's over, you're like hurrying downstairs with the hordes of other reporters to try to, go in and talk to people. Uh, so it's, it's a crowded experience, but it's, yeah. the proximity remains really good. And yeah. you, know, you really get to see, you get to see a lot. I bet. I bet. And the fact that it was Dusty Baker's first mm-hmm. series win, electric, amazing, historical, just such a, 
I'm, I'm not going to tell you what I think about the Astros, but I'm going to tell you that I was really, <laughs> really excited for Dusty Baker. And that, that I think is a really cool um, historic thing to have covered as well. Absolutely. He's a, he's a, just a really, you know, as advertised good human being and uh, it's, everybody roots for him there's there's no exceptions there i love that so then so now the season is has come to a close in terms of the games but so what's next i mean i'm catching you today you're in las vegas you're on your way into the next i mean you haven't even you haven't even had a, a good night's sleep and you're on your way to the next thing tell me what comes next for a baseball writer yeah it's uh this year things got pushed back a little bit because of the lockout, you know, the labor stuff that they had, they lost the first week of the season. So everything else moved back. Normally this week um, would be sort of the first week of the off season. The world series would have ended a week earlier and everyone would have had a breather, but as it is, um, you know, everything kind of got compressed. So basically what happens now is just anything, Uh, you Mm -hmm. know, free agents sign with new teams and teams can trade players and, um, you know, they'll, they'll name award winners and things like that, but the, the kind of main off season chaos, um, is yeah. Players moving teams, coaches changing teams, um, you know, big contracts being given out. And, and a lot of like what we do during this time of year is try to speculate and figure out what's going to happen and then write about it when it does. And, sure. uh, and it's, it's unpredictable, unfortunately. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it can, some of this stuff happens at really random times, but you know, we have meetings, there's meetings in November where all the executives get together. That's a, that's what I'm at right now. It's like three days. They're all in one place. They hide in their hotel rooms. We try to get them to tell us things, you know, <laughs> and then we do that again a month from now. Sounds um, like covering Congress. <laughs> it, it's so similar, you know, it really is. And uh, yeah, it's exactly the same. And we do that again in a month. Um, and then, yeah, we just kind of sit, sit at home and wait for things to happen until spring training. And a lot of phone calls, a lot of stuff like that, but it's it's definitely a slower pace, but it's uh, it's more unpredictable. I don't know when I have to work. It could happen any time, but but it's uh, you have it's to be nimble. Yeah. Yes. 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 What is your okay? So, um, but you're a Washington. You know, live, live here in in the district too. So, um, what's your take on the sale of the Nationals? What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, and, I think if I had to bet, I... Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, and there's no wrong answer here because obviously we're just crystal balling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I think if I had to bet Ted Leonsis, who owns the Wizards and the Mystics and the Capitals, would probably be the guy to buy them. Uh, I think there's a little, some hurdles to get through. I think one of the big things, you reasons you buy a sports team is to get the TV money and the Nationals, as set up, currently have a very complicated TV deal that has to go through the Orioles and all this. So... That's got to get sorted out, but I think once it does, uh, I think he'll probably be the guy. It just kind of makes sense. He seems interested, and I would expect, and I think they hope that that will happen before the season, um, but they hoped that it would happen before the end of this season, so we'll see what yeah. happens. That's so interesting. What is the what is the complication of the TV deal with the Orioles? Do they have some sort of agreement with them? They do. So when the, you know, the Nationals moved um, here from Montreal in, in 2005, the Orioles, understandably, were like, hey, this is our area. You're going to come into our area and take our fans. You know, yeah. we need to be compensated for this. And uh, it was very uh, tense, obviously. And the way that Major League Baseball decided to resolve that was to say, okay, you know, you are going to own the Orioles. They're going to own the TV rights to the Nationals. And we'll figure out how much money you give them. But you get some of it. And huh. sort of unsurprisingly, the Orioles have never wanted to give them any money and still don't. And uh 
So it's it's really complicated. But wow, um, I had no idea. I mean, I get it makes sense though, right? I mean, it's their market, and they're trying to keep access to their market. And then when that happens, they obviously. And there was no way to know how long the gnats would stay and how much, how successful they would be too. I'm sure. Right. So it's it's just convoluted, but I think they'll they'll get something figured out. But it's been in courts for years, and it's just one of those things that you know no other team sort of has to deal with. So when you're buying this team, you you really have to account for. Sure. Okay. So I have one more question. I'm not sure you'll know the answer, but maybe you do because you're in this <laughs> space. Um, so Ted Leonsis owns all these sports teams. Mm-hmm. Can you own all the sports teams in a city? You can. Uh, you can. You can't own. I don't know about the other sports. I know you can't own more than one baseball team, for example. Ah, uh, okay. But as far as I understand, you can own as many as you want. And I think uh, we're going to start seeing that more and more. Just for what I said, like you could have one network that broadcasts them all. You're going to get a lot of money out of that. But Absolutely. yeah, I think he'll. I think he'll have everybody but the football team and. Um, they'll probably be in good shape. <laughs> Even the football team is on the chopping block these days, obviously. Yeah, so right, there's exactly. so much, so much news about ownership in our city. Oh, that's so cool. So, all right. So when you're not watching baseball and paying attention to the baseball world, what keeps you busy in your, in your spare time? Man, you know, I've said for a long time, I need new hobbies. And, and this question is making me realize that that is true. Um, <laughs> you know, I think it, honestly, like a lot of, a lot of friend time when I can get it, you know, friends and family, because so much of my time is on the road. Of course. Uh, so the off season is just like <laughs> try to see everyone and make sure I still have friends. Um, sure. <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, I like, I like, I like watching other sports. I like, I like stupid TV. I, I like reading as much as I can, but, um, it is, you know, the more I talk right now, the more I realize how much I, you know, the downtime really just goes to sort of, making sure there's a world outside of this one. And, yeah. um, and that's great. I mean, for me, that's great. I'm lucky that I really love baseball and I find all this stuff fairly interesting. So to me, it's not, not a huge, uh, it sort of is a hobby at work, which is a gift. Yeah, no. And, and one of the journalists I talked to, uh, last week actually talked to me about the fact that she covers all of media and we talked about, you know, what, what defines media these days and like, you know, streaming is considered media and, you know, just about everything that's a content creator is a media space. So she's like, you know, I'm a consumer of my space, but it also I'm lucky enough that I get to report on it too. So I, I see that too in what you do is that if you're loving baseball, it is obviously the national pastime. And so we go and we see a game and we enjoy it. Lucky for you, you also get to make that part of your job, which actually makes it kind of a blessing, I think, too. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, I'm so lucky and I, I try not to complain too much about being tired because it's, it's a gift. Well, it's hard to be on the road and it's hard to not have food in your <laughs> fridge and it's hard to like live that life the way you do. But, yes. um, but it always does end up paying you back. And I'm, I'm so, so glad to have caught you today because I know that October was super busy and here we go and we're in November and there'll be busy times. Um, but to me, it's a great break from having a lot of conversations about politics in a week when everybody's yes. talking about it. So I couldn't yes. be more grateful. Do you have any, um, you said that there is a lot of comparison and a lot of similarity between politics and baseball yeah. as you've covered both. Can you share one with us? Sure. I mean, I think, you know, I've covered the campaigns, you know, last time around and the travel, you just, you know, much like a baseball team, you just follow them everywhere and get uh-huh. to know who knows what. And, you know, it's, it's rarely the biggest stars or, or the candidates who you talk to and get stuff out of. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you try to find out who knows everything and who's, 
who on the periphery uh, is is the person you kind of need to to get to know. So it's really really similar. You spend a lot of time with the same people and um, travel endlessly. So in that way, and 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 I think the other similarity is that you're you're asking people things they don't want to tell you. Um, you know, uh, baseball, yeah. they think that it's it's important that no one knows their secrets, and you know, in politics, they don't want to give too much away. So it's it's similar. That's super. No, that's that makes a ton of sense. That makes a ton of sense. All right, two last questions I have to ask. Mm-hmm. Your favorite ballpark food? You know, I'm bad on this one. I, I don't have a lot of the traditional ones. I like, I really like, I, mean, I just get like one of those baskets of fries and, and be happy for life. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm lame on that front for sure, unfortunately. That's okay. <laughs> I only ask because like every time I go, I always end up going to the same, like I'm, I'm the, I'm the, you know, uh, Yep. Cracker Jacks and popcorn and hot dogs for me, but yep. like the DC scene has some crazy good food. Like they've brought in some really good stuff. So I'm always like, what am I yeah. missing out on? So I'm with you on the traditional stuff. I like all the good stuff that, uh, that I was eating when I was a kid going to the ball game. Uh, okay. And then final question is always, who should I talk to next? Chelsea? Who this is a tough one for me. I, uh, I mean, a weird, I kind of, random one that has come to mind for me is uh it is not in the world of sports which i don't know if that's, that's okay doesn't matter better or worse no um i have a friend named robbie gramer who covers um international news that's probably not how he would describe it but for for foreign policy and he goes he just got back from the amazon he's like been to chernobyl he, wow. he just sees all this stuff and he's He's fairly young, but just an incredibly smart and sort of humor humorous person who covers things that are not humorous at all, um, but but really sort of you know I don't know seems to have a knack for sort of understanding the, the bigger picture. So he's someone I would be interested to hear kind of talk about what his day to day is like. I love um, and I, I can think. I'll try to think of more. But, but I, that's okay. And you know, I always. One. That's perfect. And and you know, part of the reason why I always ask, and and people have heard me say this before, is that you know this better than anything. If someone comes to you cold with a pitch, and you don't know them, you're not yep. always going to pick it up. But if they t- if they hit you up and they say Robbie Gramer sent me your way, you're going to listen. Yep. Even if it's not a story you can write, you're going to give them a couple of minutes. That has always been the way that this podcast has run, and I've been lucky enough that. It's just, it continues to keep my list growing. Um, so I'm super grateful for that. I'll reach out to him and I'll let him know that you nominated him. And Chelsea, I can't tell you how how grateful I am for your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much for making time for me. Yeah, thanks for having me. And that's today's Friday Reporter Podcast, a podcast in partnership with PR Daily, a tremendous and helpful guide for all things public relations. Find us there on their website and join us again for another episode soon. Thanks so much. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery 
and I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.